Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com 954-589-2204 Welcome aboard, this is Zaslow Show 2.0 Welcome! Show 2.0. It is a Monday, the 4th of December. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800 747 3733. You've been involved in any kind of an accident. First, you call 911, then you get an attorney from Anna Jar and Levine on the phone. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, they will put their skills to work for you. 800-747-3, Great to have you aboard here as we start the week with you. It is Monday, but we're feeling good because your favorite little football team, the Miami Dolphins, 9-3. and three. So there's a lot going on, a lot happening here, and of course, bet online. It's the holiday season. You got the NFL in full stride. NBA, NHL, Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. 9-3 for the first time in 23 years. That year, also 23 years ago, last time the Miami Dolphins won a playoff game. That's right. Lamar Smith game. You remember that? If you don't remember it, hey, come on, open a book. The Lamar Smith game. It's funny because, you know, I, I've been asked many times, hey, what's what's your all-time favorite Miami Heat moment? What's your all-time favorite 
Florida Panther mo <coughs> moment or what have you. And all right, when we get to all-time favorite Miami Dolphin moment, it's probably the Lamar Smith game. And and that game was it was awesome and it was super exciting the way they won it. They ended up losing the the next week in the playoffs by 35, but like it was a super exciting moment and it's just not a good enough moment for it to be my all-time favorite moment. It's it's a wild card win. You know, it's kind of like with the Florida Panthers where before this past season or really even the last couple years when when they've started to look like a competent franchise, you know, the all-time greatest moment in Panther history, all-time greatest goal, was Billy Lindsay in 1996 in the first round in Game 5 to clinch the series against Boston. Look, it's right up here on my wall, right there. And while it's an amazing moment, and it was awesome, for that, all these years later, to be the greatest moment in Panther history, that's that's terrible. It's bad. Now look, <laughs> I told you, I, I've surpassed it by two moments. Carter Verhage, Game 7 at Boston last year, and Matthew Kachuk, the greatest moment, Game 4 to clinch the Eastern Conference Championship against Carolina, with just under four seconds remaining. But it's similar there with the Dolphins. Now, this isn't in franchise history. This is just in my lifetime. But for the greatest Dolphin moment in my lifetime to be the Lamar Smith game 23 years ago and a wild card win... That's such a shitty greatest moment ever. So hopefully, we are trending in a direction where we're going to get a new greatest moment ever of your lifetime. And if you're a Dolphin fan who's under 30 years old, you probably need one. You don't have very many great moments. So the Dolphins, I mean, just beat the shit out of the, the Commanders yesterday. 45-15, that comes off. So a 30-point road win coming off of a... 31-point road win last week against the worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets. And you're feeling really good because right now, look, last week, for two days, from Friday to Sunday, the Dolphins were in first place in the AFC, and then Baltimore played. They won. They jumped back up to first place. Well, right now, at least for 24 hours, the Dolphins are back in first place in the AFC. Dolphins are first place right now, and depending on what happens tonight with the Jacksonville Jaguars, whether or not they will remain in first place. So obviously, we'll start here with the Dolphins, but we, we got the college football playoff to get to. Obviously, everyone's crazy about all that. You knew there was going to be chaos. If Alabama won, you Alabama and Florida State won their conference championship games, you knew there was going to be chaos. The easiest thing for the committee would have been Georgia to win and Florida State to lose. And then, all right, at that point, it's easy. We're talking Washington, Michigan. You put Texas in at that point and Georgia. That's your four then. But with Georgia losing, then you got to deal with Alabama and what to do with Georgia after that. And if Florida State wins, it would have been easy if they lost. You keep out, but if Florida State wins, do you put Florida State in? What do you do in that spot? So we got the chaos. I know a lot of us root for the chaos. I certainly root for the chaos with college football. But we got the chaos and we got a lot of angry people. The NBA in-season tournament quarterfinals are tonight. So that's, that's got some juice to it. Monday Night Football, we got to keep track of what's going on there. That's a big thing for the Dolphins, Jaguars, and Bengals tonight. We're big Bengals fans this evening, all right? So... A lot happening, and by the way, shout out, over the weekend, I went to Unbranded Brewery in Hialeah, CCW, Coastal Championship Wrestling, Bash at the Brew 35, King of the Territory, QT Marshall, former AEW wrestler, he is now King of the Territory, he won the 30-man over-the-top King of the Territory match, so QT Marshall He's now the number one contender. Took my son for the first time. He'd never been to CCW. We had a great time. So, shout out to Unbranded Brewery. Shout out to Nelio and CCW. Of course, shout out to my man Raul. Are You Hungry Grill? We had a lot of fun there on, on Saturday night. So, appreciate those guys who always put on a great show. Really, really fun. And I love, by the way... I love running into fans of It's Still Real to Me. Going to try to get in an episode of It's Still Real to Me tonight, by the way. But I love running into fans of It's Still Real to Me and just Zaslow Show 2.0 in general. 
I run into a lot of fans when I go to the CCW shows. I love it. Please say hello whenever you see me at stuff like that. So that was really great. All right. So let's let's start things off here with the Dolphins. <coughs> Dolphins win 45-15. I had my I had my father over yesterday. He left at halftime. It's like, all right, they're up. Well, was it 31-7 at halftime? It's like, all right, get out of here. You know, the, the Dolphins, they're so good now. They kill these bad teams. They just murder the bad teams. And I told you, because I've been on this the whole season when it comes to all the fraud stuff. I'd rather be a team like the Dolphins, who, like the Dolphins' losses, they lost to three... They lost to two great teams, Philadelphia and Kansas City. Buffalo's having a disaster of a year, but it was at the beginning of the year when Buffalo at the time, I think, was 3-1, and one, and certainly everybody thought Buffalo was a Super Bowl contender, and the Dolphins lost there. So on the road to three really good teams, two of which were in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> I'd rather be that team than... Even a team like the Eagles, now not necessarily the Eagles because I think the Eagles are better than the Dolphins, but a team like the Eagles where they lost at home to one of those great teams, San Francisco. Dolphins lost on the road to a great team. The Eagles lost at home, got their shit kicked in at home yesterday afternoon against a great team, and they also lost on the road against the worst team, the New York Jets, a horrible team. Or even a team like San Francisco where they lost at Cleveland who didn't have a quarterback. I, I'd rather be the Dolphins. I'd rather lose on the road to great teams than get tripped up by shit teams. That's usually the sign of a great team. Now you want to beat some of the other great teams and the Dolphins are going to have another opportunity. You got Dallas in Week 16 at Baltimore Week 17, which... Looks like it's going to be for first in the AFC. And then at home against Buffalo Week 18. Dolphins are going to have a division wrapped up by then. Buffalo is not going to have a chance at division. That could actually happen in the next couple weeks. We'll get to that in a second. Hopefully, though, Buffalo is still competing for a playoff spot by then. Because going into Week 18, I want the Dolphins to have to win to win the top spot in the AFC in a bye. And knock Buffalo out of the playoffs. That's the dream scenario, right, for Week 18. So, we're hoping for that. But, the Dolphins are going to have a chance to prove they could beat the good teams. You got three more chances coming up. But a sign of a good team, even a great team, they don't lose to the lesser teams. And not only do they not lose to the lesser teams... They kick the shit out of the lesser teams. They leave no doubt against the lesser teams. Look at what they do to these teams. Giants, Commanders, Panthers, Jets, Patriots. Look what they do to these bullshit teams. They curb stomp the lesser teams. So look, the Dolphin fan has to sit back and they got they got to eat it. Until the Dolphins wind up beating one of these good teams. And they're going to have another chance. They have three more chances coming up. Dallas at Baltimore, Buffalo. So right now the Dolphin fan has to eat it. But the Dolphins' time is going to come. They're going to get to those games and they're going to win them. And when it gets to the playoffs, you only got to do it one time. All right? Survive in advance. But the Dolphins have put themselves in a position to, to, to get that number one spot. Because they don't get tripped up by the bad teams. Look at all the other teams at the top of the standings, right? I just told you, Philadelphia, they lost to the Jets. You look at uh, uh, Jacksonville, they lost the Falcons, didn't they, in London, right? Uh, Baltimore lost to the Steelers. I don't care about the Steelers' record. That's not a good team. Kansas City. Kansas City lost the Broncos. The Dolphins, their losses are the Bills. If you want to say the Bills are a bad team, I'm not going to stop you, but we all know that the Bills are a Super Bowl contender going into this year. Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. Those are the Dolphins' three losses. Even a team like Detroit. I mean, Detroit losing at home last week on Thanksgiving to Green Bay. Now, that loss against Green Bay is looking a lot better right now for Detroit, but still a home loss at the time, a 4-6 and six Green Bay team. Every one of these teams has bad losses. And the fact that it was Detroit losing at home to Green Bay makes it a bad loss. 
And it really wasn't close. They're down double figures the whole game. Dolphins don't have any of those losses. Dolphins curb stomp the bad teams, like you saw yesterday. So, my pal Joey, the reason we didn't do it still real to me yesterday, my man Joey was in D.C. He flew up to go to the Dolphin game. He sent me video before the game started of the crowd. Just a sea of Dolphins aqua. Just a sea of Dolphin fans. So cool. Now, like the second level and the upper level, it's pretty empty, yes. That's a pathetic sight there in D.C. And the lower level, I mean, it had to be 70% Dolphin fans. Just a sea of aqua. Major, major Dolphin crowd there yesterday, which is so damn cool. And and I was jealous because, like, I'll, I've only been to one Dolphin road game in my life. It was back in, I guess it was 03, I believe. Dolphins, I was still in school. Dolphins were at the Jaguars. So, all right, Jacksonville, 90 minutes from Gainesville. And it was one, two, I think it was five, I think it was five of us. All of us are wearing a different Miami Dolphins jersey, which was cool. And the five of us went to the game, and it was fun. Dolphins won 24-10. Sam Madison had a pick six late in the game to ice it. And the Dolphins won the game. They were good that year. Like, they did they have Ricky Williams still? I think they did. Uh, I don't remember. But, like, Dolphins were good that year. I don't know if they made the playoffs, which I guess means that maybe they weren't that good. But, like, I think they had a winning record. Anyway, it's the only time I've ever been to a Dolphins road game. And it was cool, except I did leave it. I did leave saying to myself, man, that, that is such a buster crowd in Jacksonville. So, I, I like, I, I didn't feel like I got the full road experience, you know? Just the buster crowd. And... I'll go to a Dolphin game like yesterday, and then you know the you know about the MetLife takeover. Two straight weeks, massive Dolphin crowd on the road. And look, we know there are Dolphin fans all over the country. And the Dolphin fan is showing you they travel pretty well. And the greater point is, Dolphins are fucking back, man. And what I mean by that is, they're back to being a national team. That's the way it was when I was a kid. That's the way it was when I was a teenager, growing up in the 80s and the 90s. The Dolphins were a national team. Dolphin fans are everywhere. And now we're back in the place where the Dolphin fan is showing up and showing out on the road and taking over these road stadiums. Dolphins are back, man. That was such a cool scene yesterday. All the videos and the pictures coming out. Good on you guys who got on a bird there and he went out to support the Dolphins. Man, that was really, really, that was a really cool scene. That's a good job out of you guys. And, and I told you, I told you last week, I was I was upset that I didn't plan in advance to do the MetLife takeover because you also had the Heat in New York taking on the Knicks for the, uh, for the, for the in-season. Was that just last week or was that two weeks ago? Whenever it was. I was annoyed that I, I didn't plan that out. No, it had to be last week. Yeah, absolutely. Because so, it was Black Friday. So anyway, next week, Week from tonight, Monday Night Football. Dolphins, Titans, your boy's going. I'm taking my son. It's a Hanukkah gift. Hanukkah starts this week. Eight crazy nights. So, taking my son to Monday Night Football. He's never been He's never been to Monday Night Football, so that's going to be great. And they're going to beat the shit out of Tennessee. It's great. Like, going into these Dolphin games, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's at home or if it's on the road. You go into these games knowing they're just going to kick the shit out of these teams. It doesn't matter if it's home or road. And this, I know Mike McDaniel talked about this in the post-game locker room yesterday. And the team was 8-3 and three last year. Tua got hurt. It fell apart. Five straight losses. 8-3 and three this year and now 9-3. and three. It definitely feels different from last year. We go into all these games, and yes, they are taking advantage of the schedule. But that's the point. You go into these games just knowing they're gonna they're gonna kick the shit out of these teams. And it happened yesterday, and it was in super exciting fashion where you get on the board, Tyreek Hill, seventy-eight yards to Tyreek Hill. Like once he catches it, you just start cheering immediately, even though it's midfield. Just yeah, someone's gonna catch him. No one's gonna catch him. Then you get ten nothing. I was surprised that they actually went for the field goal there and go for it because it was fourth and two. And then you get Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle! The Gink stepping up. How about Van Ginkle and Ogba? You know, obviously they're going to miss Jalen Phillips. 
But maybe they're not going to miss Jalen Phillips. You know, Van Ginkle, Ogba. If Ogba is the guy he was from two years ago, that's actually replacing Jalen Phillips. So Now, he hasn't been heard from in two years since he got that contract. But Ogba had another sack. Yes, I love when our guys get sacks. Sacks, sacks. I love getting sacks. I think I like sacks more than interceptions. I mean, I know which one's more important, but I don't know. I, I just feel like getting sacks is cool. And and the Dolphins had so much pressure there. How about rewind to how we all felt about the Dolphin defense the first few games. And, and yes, getting Jalen Ramsey back is a major deal. Major deal. But man, Dolphins defense is so legit. Look what they did to Sam Howell yesterday. I know he's just Sam Howell. He's leading the league in yards. He's leading the league in passing yards going into yesterday. Like, that, he can, he can swing it. He's having a great season, Sam Howell. And they, I mean, the, the errors that they forced him into, the pressure they were able to put on him, this is why I, I told you after the Kansas City loss, I wasn't mad. I felt good about this team. I felt better about them after the Kansas City loss. Because this defense is dominant. I know what the offense is. In that game against Kansas City, Kansas City's defense is good. And the offense struggled in that game. But I know what the offense is. This Dolphin defense holding that Kansas City team, because remember, you had Tyreek Hill with the fumble at the end of the half, only allowed 14 points and none in the second half to Kansas City. I know what this offense is. I know what they're going to do. I know what they're capable of. The Dolphin defense is legit. And if this is what we got, they are they are a better team. They are going to be a better team in December than they were at the start of the year. And guess what? We're in December, and they are better than they were at the start of the year. It's exactly what I told you. It's exactly what I said I felt after the Kansas City game. I didn't feel bad about it because they are going to be better in December than they were at that moment. And they are. I know what this offense is. And you saw it yesterday. But this defense is how this team is going to win. And I, I don't believe the whole defense wins championships. No, no, no. Being great on offense, being great on defense, being great on special teams, that's how you win. Being great at everything is how you win championships. So it's one thing to be great on offense, which is what the Dolphins had been all of last year and then at the start of this year. It's not about defense winning championships. It's about being great on both sides of the ball winning championships. And now the Dolphins' defense is on that level. It really is. Go look up the Dolphins' numbers since whatever, like the last six or seven weeks. Go look up the Dolphins' defensive numbers. I went over a few last week compared to the first four or five weeks of the year. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL. So it's not about defenses winning championships. It's about great on offense, great on defense, great on special teams, winning you championships. And the Dolphins are there now. And that's why I felt better about this team after the Kansas City loss than I did going into that game. And look where we are now. Look at you now! You know how I was enjoying that game yesterday. I was getting loose yesterday. Because once the game gets going and they're up 10 nothing, it's like, all right, this game, come on now. Man, I was enjoying Johnny Cuba yesterday on the Zaslow Mansion family room couch. If you haven't gotten into Johnny Cuba yet, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. Johnny Cuba, most delicious beer I've ever had. That's why it's the official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Go pick up a six-pack now. If you haven't tried Johnny Cuba yet, we're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. That's exactly what we're looking for down here. It's a refreshing German lager in a can. Make sure you always drink responsibly. That's why I always like having a Johnny Cuba in my fridge. I can grab it if I feel like it and just relax and watch some Monday Night Football tonight. So again, if you're trying Johnny Cuba for the first time or whatever, you're just enjoying the game, I like when you guys take a picture or take a video where, where you're pouring your Johnny Cuba. No foam, all right? No amateur pours. I don't like that. But send me the video or send me the picture, and then I put it on my Instagram stories. I'm, I'm an influencer, so you become famous when I do that. My man Juan from Johnny Cuba, he loves when I do that. So send me that, and then everybody gets happy. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Now look, 
there were a couple of mistakes made by Mike McDaniel yesterday. The Dolphins did get hit by the injury bug again. Jerome Baker, we're waiting MRI today. His agent Drew Rosenhaus said there's going to be an MRI. Obviously, it didn't look good. but we're, we're, And Duke Riley came in and made some plays, so good for him. We got to get word on Jerome Baker. Teron Armstead. Now, Devon Achan return looked fantastic. Teron Armstead played, and he left the game with now an ankle injury. Listen, this was a mistake for him to play. This Dolphin offensive line, they have shown depth throughout the season. This is a shit Washington team who traded away their best pass rushers a few weeks ago. Armstead should not have played. And I know that's not the way it normally works in the NFL. You don't look at the schedule to determine if you play or not. But the way the Dolphins have handled injuries this year, it's almost like they did a little bit of that with Xavier Howard earlier in the year. And I think the way the Dolphins have handled injuries has been very smart for most of the year, where they really do seem like they're trying to get to a place late in the season where their guys are healthy and ready to go. And that's why Armstead should not have played, and he should not play for the next couple of weeks. That's right. He should not play Monday night against Tennessee, and he should not play the following week against the Jets. Sit out the next two games, and in three weeks from now, you're back, you're healthy, you're rested, you're ready to go against Michael Parsons in Dallas. Teron Armstead should not play the next couple games. He shouldn't have played yesterday. And and the other mistake was, I love Mike McDaniel, but challenging on the third play of the game is stupid. The Commanders, they complete a pass for a first down, which for the life of me, I have no idea how that was a catch. I mean, was his left leg suspended in midair and that's how it wasn't touching out of bounds? I didn't see an angle that showed it, but... I. Even if, because here's the thing, even if Mike McDaniel got that right, I I thought the challenge was going to win, it's still a stupid challenge. You could win the challenge and it could still be stupid, and that was one of those cases. The, the, The reward was not worth the risk. And what ended up happening was they lost it. The reward, and even if they would have won that challenge, not worth the risk. You're a great offense. You're a thousand times better than that commander team. It's the third play of the game. It would have been a, it was a first down at their own 40-yard line. Awful challenge. Awful, awful challenge. You can't challenge the third play of the game. If it results in a touchdown, or if it resulted in, you know, it, it's the ball in the, in, in the red zone, it's a huge play, then you challenge. But third play of the game, a 13-yard pass where you're still where they're still in their own territory. Awful challenge, even if they would have won it. So that's a bad job out of Mike McDaniel there. And that's the kind of stuff you can't have that in the postseason. I think he's one for four on challenges this year. Not good. So two things I thought was a mistake from Mike McDaniel. That challenge and allowing Armstead to play. Shouldn't have played yesterday. But otherwise, I mean, listen, it is what it is. This is the march toward 11-3. and three. And then shit gets very serious. They're 9-3 and three now, all right? They've won three in a row. And now... You got Tennessee at home next week, Monday Night Football. That's a beatdown. Then you got the Jets at home. That's a beatdown. And then shit gets real serious again. So that's where we are. And look, as far as winning the division, remember the Bills were off this week. Dolphins are three up in the division. The next two games, Dolphins have Tennessee and the Jets. Buffalo is at Kansas City and Dallas. If the Dolphins win against Tennessee and the Jets, they, they better and Buffalo loses either at Kansas City or against Dallas, the Dolphins will go into Week 16 AFC East champions, having clinched the AFC East championship with three games remaining. I, look, it's, it's 50-50, right? It's going to happen, it's not going to happen. No, but like it's 50-50. The Dolphins should win these next two games, and the Bills can totally lose one of them. Maybe both. And if that's the case, the Dolphins are AFC champions going into week 16. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right. We'll get back to the NFL in a second here. College football play. You know I got NFL rundown. A lot took place yesterday. But let's get to the college football playoff here. So the chaos scenario was if Alabama beats Georgia and if FSU 
beats Louisville for the ACC championship. If FSU loses that game, super easy. They're out. If Georgia beats Alabama, super easy. Alabama have two losses. Georgia's in. And then you're looking at Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and the four team, Texas. That's it. But that's not the way it went down. Alabama winning and FSU winning created a massive mess. And so here we are. And so yesterday afternoon at noon, the committee, they released the the teams. You got the graphics that come up. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. And that's right, right there is where you knew FSU was fucked. You know, then they went to number six. They showed Georgia. And then they showed number four. So, you know, number four, number five, it's Alabama, FSU. Who's getting in? Who's being left out? But once Texas was shown as number three, that's when you knew FSU was fucked. Because Texas gets in, and Texas gets in over them, them being Alabama, turns out, if they're letting Alabama in. Because if you're letting Alabama in, the theory would be, well, you got to let Texas in. And Texas has got to be ahead of them. See, if Alabama showed up at number three, FSU's still alive, I believe. Now, number four may have been unveiled and it would have been Texas. But if Alabama was revealed at number three, I believe FSU is still alive. Once Texas was revealed at number three, you knew FSU was fucked because you know Alabama's getting in. You know the SEC champion is getting in. So if Alabama was revealed at number three, okay, cool. FSU could still be number four. But once Texas was number three, yeah. Alabama, we knew was getting in. And if Alabama's getting in, Texas has the case. We won the Pac-12. I'm sorry, we won the Big 12. And we beat the SEC champion. And we were ranked ahead of them going into this week. So you know we deserve to get in. So once Texas was number three, yeah. Then you knew FSU was fucked. So they then reveal it. Alabama's four. And look, in all honesty, it's not like it's not like the, that the committee got it wrong that those are the four best teams, but here's where they really fucked up. FSU being number five and Georgia being number six is completely ridiculous and completely negates the committee's message. And what I mean by the committee's message is The message is supposed to be, and I hate how they do this, because it renders the games, like, like useless. The games aren't as important then, because they're apparently taking the four best teams, not the four most deserving teams. If that's the case, why are we playing the games? Because going into this past weekend, we know that Georgia's better than Alabama. Even if Alabama wins, Georgia had 29 consecutive wins. They've been the number one team all year. They're the defending national champions. We know they're better than everyone else, no matter what happens against Alabama. But they still got left out. All of a sudden, Georgia. Georgia's been number one for several years now. They just won 29 games in a row. And now you're telling me that Georgia, that there are five teams better than Georgia? Georgia lost to Alabama. And because they lost to Alabama after winning 29 straight, all of a sudden now, there are five teams better than Georgia? So, there goes your, we're taking the four best teams argument. That doesn't make sense. And so, if that's the case, FSU needs to get in. Because you're not taking the four best teams if Georgia is not in the top four. Georgia is 1,000% one of the four best teams in the country. So you're not taking the best teams. You're taking the teams that deserve it. Big 10 champion. Pac-12 champion. Big 12 champion. SEC champion. But if we're going the teams that deserve it, how does an undefeated 
Power 5 team in FSU not get in. But like I said, the place where they really fucked up with their message was FSU number 5 and Georgia number 6. Georgia should have been 5. Now look, they're still playing each other, so in theory it doesn't matter. But it does matter. Georgia should have been number 5, FSU number 6. Because with FSU 5, you're saying FSU is better than Georgia. In what world is FSU not better than Georgia? You can't say that. Is FSU more deserving than Georgia? Yes. FSU conference champion and undefeated. But in what world? So FSU is not good enough to get into the college football playoff. That's what you're saying. They are not good enough. But they're better than Georgia? No. It's mixed messages. They deserve to be ranked ahead of Georgia. Not better than them. And they're especially not better than them the way that you're ranking the top four. Because the top four, you're saying these are the teams that are best not deserving. So you're also saying FSU is better than Georgia? No way. No way. So, committee done fucked up in that regard. And look, even without their quarterback, even without Jordan Travis, yes, FSU is not the same team. I get that. But FSU is clearly still a dominant, dominant defense. Louisville scored 33 points per game, I believe it was, in the regular season, right? They held them to six in the AC Championship game. So, you could win with a great offense. You could win with a great defense. Who cares how you win? Even without their quarterback, FSU is still a dominant defense. And who cares if that's the way they win? You know, all the attention goes to offense. Defense half the game. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. And FSU... FSU believes they could win a national championship with that half of the game, but they're not going to get the chance. Now, look, this may be solved at the Orange Bowl if Georgia kicks the shit out of FSU, and I probably think they will. So this, you know, argument can be moot. But while we're getting the best games for sure, I mean, Michigan-Alabama is going to be great, and then Washington-Texas, and it would have sucked if it was like last year where all three games were terrible. The semifinal and then the final. Georgia TCU. Terrible. But the messaging is off from the committee. In one side of their mouth, they're telling you, four best. And then the other side of their mouth, they're telling you, deserving by having FSU ahead of Georgia. It's bullshit. That does, that does not make sense. And by the way, I see this floating around on social media. Stop making the argument. How can you imagine if the NFL in 2017 wouldn't allow the Eagles in the playoffs because Carson Wentz, who was an MVP candidate at the time, because Carson Wentz went down and Nick Foles had to be their quarterback. (coughs) Imagine if the NFL penalized them and wouldn't allow them in the playoffs because we all know they ended up going on and winning the Super Bowl. It is such a stupid argument. The NFL has standings. College football has rankings. It's not the same. The NFL has standings. College football, there's voting. They have rankings. It's not remotely the same. Stop making your stupid point. Stop retweeting the stupid points. Come on. Be better than that. Tell you what, guys. I've been getting that good sleep. And if you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now, I mean, you're practically practically family. And I want to make sure you're getting that good sleep, too. And that's why especially during this holiday season, I send you to Sheets and Giggles. Sheetsgiggles.com, one of our great sponsors here on Zaslow Show 2.0. And you know how this works? In order to keep the show free, and the show's always going to be free. I'm never going to charge you guys. But in order to keep the show running, you got to support the sponsors that support the show. So go to Sheetsgiggles.com, use promo code Zazlo. You get 20% off your first order when you use promo code Zazlo at Sheetsgiggles.com. You're never going to have to worry about where your family is going to get their sheets from. You go to Sheetsgiggles.com. You're going to order. You can get the, the blankets, the pillowcases, the comforter. You can get a eucalyptus mattress. I have a eucalyptus pillow. I mean, come on now. 
the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets ever. Just like the Zaslow family, you're going to become one of over 100,000 Americans who sleep on sheets and giggles and never turn back. I mean, you know how excited your partner is going to be when you order from SheetsGiggles.com and they get the best sleep of their life? Come on now. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. Use promo code Zaslow. 20% off checkout. SheetsGiggles.com. Promo code Zaslow. So the Heat, Heat and Panthers, God forbid... The Heat and Panthers don't play on the same night. They, they Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, they play the same night, and now both of them are off until Wednesday where they both play again. So the Panthers lost to start their homestand over the weekend 4-3 against the Islanders. So stupid. They outplayed them so hard. They still lost. That's annoying. The Heat lost on Saturday night to uh, the Pacers. The second game in a row, home-home series, uh, and they lose 144-129. Pacers, highest-scoring team in the league. Right now, they're threatening to be the highest-scoring team ever. And the Heat had no Bam at a bio on Saturday night. And Jimmy Butler was frustrated. Like, the Heat, the Heat dropped to 11-9. and And Jimmy says the team's not where it needs to be. They're playing mediocre. And you know what? I, I don't agree with him. Because I like how the team's playing. Indiana's a terrible matchup. I mean, it's a track meet. Indiana's a bad matchup for the Heat. And with no Bam, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you're you're going to struggle defensively. And I understand the Pacers didn't have Tyrese Halliburton. So, you know, if you want to say it evens out like that, although Pacers didn't really miss him. They scored 144. The Heat definitely missed Bam. I like Jimmy's attitude because I, I don't agree that the Heat are not playing well that they're playing mediocre. I like how the Heat are playing. What they're getting from Robinson, from Hawkes Jr., Kayla Martin coming along the way he is. Uh, Bam's been phenomenal this year, and Jimmy now looks great again. So, I, I I don't agree with what he's saying, but that's why I like what he's saying. Because, yeah, he he doesn't like the record. 11-9, it's barely over 500, and Jimmy's always going to complain about the way they're playing during the season because he always wants to be better. So, I dig it. I like what Jimmy's doing there. Next up for the Heat is Wednesday at Toronto because this week was the week is the week of the in-season tournament. I think it concludes on the 12th in Vegas. So the NBA had this week open for all the teams. And then if you didn't make the quarterfinals, if you're not one of the eight teams, then they add games. So the Heat were added games this Wednesday at Toronto and this Friday against Cleveland. So the in-season tournament continues tonight. Quarterfinals. Now they're home games. All right. So the quarterfinals tonight, then the semifinals go to Vegas. So quarterfinals tonight. Boston at Indiana, and New Orleans at Sacramento, and then tomorrow, New York at Milwaukee, Phoenix at Los Angeles Lakers. So now it's the knockout round. Now it's quarterfinals, and if you win tonight and tomorrow, you go to Vegas for the final four. So I'm into it. I I, I think it's fun. So that's what you got going on tonight as far as the NBA is concerned. All right, guys, you know what time it is. Lots of action in the National Football League yesterday concludes tonight. Monday Night Football, Jaguars, Bengals. Let's get to our Week 13 NFL rundown. Yes, here we go. We start out with the Indianapolis Colts. How about the season that Colts are having dealing with the loss of Anthony Richardson? Well, Gardner Minshew yesterday, 26 for 42. 312 yards, two touchdowns. The game goes to overtime, tied at 25. The Titans get a field goal to go up by three, but then Gardner Minshew would find Michael Pittman Jr. for the win. Second and goal, Minshew going back that way. End zone, touchdown, ball game! Colts win! Michael Pittman does it! Michael Pittman Jr., 11 catches, 105 yards, and that game-winning score right there in the Indianapolis Colts now. They currently hold the seventh and final spot in the AFC playoff picture. They're 7-5. The Titans are at the Dolphins next week, Monday Night Football. The Chargers in one of the worst football games ever played. I mean, who the hell would watch this game? Bill Belichick continuing to prove he's the most overrated coach in the history of football. The Chargers... Beat the Patriots 6 nothing. 6 nothing. 
The Chargers improved the 5-7 Patriots are 2-10. Justin Herbert, 22 for 37, 212 yards. Keenan Allen had five catches for 58 yards. Bailey Zappi was the quarterback. 13 for 25, 141 yards. 6-0. The Arizona Cardinals, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-10. The Cardinals get their third win of the season. Kyler Murray, 13 for 23, 145 yards and a touchdown. And here's James Conner with one score. One, multiple tight ends. Conner sledgehammering in for the touchdown. Conner in the big return to the state of Pennsylvania where he was growing up and the school and city he played for in college and in the NFL respectively. A nine-yard touchdown run. James Conner, 25 carries, 105 yards, two touchdowns in his return there to Pittsburgh. The Cardinals, 24-10 over the Steelers. They improved to 3-10. The Steelers dropped to 7-5. They're currently in the fifth spot in the AFC playoff picture. The Houston Texans, a real good bounce-back win for them over the Broncos. It snaps the Broncos' five-game winning streak. The Texans win 22-17. C.J. Stroud, 16-27, 274 yards and a touchdown. He got knocked out of the game with a concussion. Tank Dell lost for the season with a broken leg. Nico Collins, nine catches, 191 yards and a touchdown. Russell Wilson, 15 for 26, 186 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. Two costly interceptions in the fourth quarter. Texans win. They improve to 7-5. The Broncos drop to 6-6. Six six. Here's the head coach, D'Amico Ryan's postgame. Hey, unbelievable job, man. We talked about undeniable strength, mentally and physically, and that's what it was. You guys put it on display, right? To focus and finish the way we finished that game. We talked about it last night. Attack the ball, attack the ball, attack the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Defense, great job. Yeah. 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 in a better position. You guys did that. You strained, you pushed to the end, we put ourselves in a better position. Now what we do? Keep going. Keep going. Right? Nobody's satisfied. We're not satisfied. We keep going. A lot of things to clean up. A lot of things to get better. That buddy's much better to do it after a win. Unbelievable job by you guys. Proud as hell of all you guys. All right? Let's just keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. The Detroit Lions, they hang on. They were up big in this one against New Orleans, 21-0, but the Saints would come back. The Lions would hang on. They win 33-28. Jared Goff, 16-25, 213 yards, two touchdowns. Sam Laporta, nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave had five catches for 119 yards. The Lions improved to 9-3. They're third in the NFC. The Saints, they dropped to 5-7. and seven. Still, they're just one game back of leading that NFC South. Here's Lions head coach Dan Campbell in the locker room post game. We just went to work and we competed and you guys went after it. And guess what? We went out and we won. Came out electric and we had to hang on. We had to get back. Defense and two takeaways. Huge. Yeah. Huge. That's a credit to everybody in this room. I'm so proud of all of you guys. Was it perfect? No, but god dang, man. That's not easy coming to this place and win. That's outstanding, man. Outstanding. I got one game ball. Give me a game ball. Sam Lafora. Yeah. 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 Hey, first one of December. You just wanted a fing springboard going forward, boys. Great win. Family out three. One, two, three. Family. The Falcons top the Jets. Another horrific game. This New York Jets offense. I mean, it's such a disgrace. The Falcons win 13-8. to Another week that the Jets don't score a touchdown. The Falcons improve to 6-6. Six and six. They lead the NFC South, so right now they're the four seed in the NFC playoffs. The Jets dropped a 4-8. Desmond Ritter, 12-27, for 27, 121 yards and a touchdown. Tim Boyle, before leaving the game, was 14-25, for 25, 148 yards and an interception. Aaron Rodgers returning later this month. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Tampa Bay, 
a desperately needed win. 21-18, they hang on over the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield was 14 for 29, 202 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And Mike Evans continues having a big-time season. <laughs> And Mayfield looking to throw on first down, has Evans into the open field, and Evans has one man to beat, inside the 10, dives toward the pylon, he's Evans with 7 catches for 162 yards, and a touchdown, Bryce Young threw an interception late when the Panthers were trying to get into scoring range, he was 15 of 31, 178 yards, and the interception, Panthers drop to 1-11. and 11. They do not have their first-round pick next year. That goes to Chicago. The Bucks are 5-7. and seven. The 49ers, this was the game we were all waiting for yesterday afternoon. And the 49ers, after getting off to a slow start, they kicked the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. 42-19. Brock Purdy, 19 for 27. 314 yards. Four touchdown passes, including... Uh, Two of them to Debo Samuel. Samuel had four catches for 116 yards, two touchdowns, three rushes for 22 yards and a touchdown. Here's Brock Purdy post game. I mean, it was sort of in my mind. Yeah, man, I got hurt here. Um, you know, that was this year, late in January. Um, but was it going to be the revenge game or anything like that? No. Um, for me, it was week 13. Uh, we're going into a to a whole. It's a new year. Hostile environment. Um, we needed this game. We need this game. And um, obviously, we have some really important games coming up, too. So that's where I was at with that. I didn't want to get distracted by I got to go back and show everybody what could have happened or what could have been. Um, got a new team. This is 2023, and, and that's where my, my, my mind was at. Purdy might be back in the MVP conversation. Jalen Hurts, 26 for 45, 298 yards and a touchdown. He had 20 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. The 49ers, 42. Eagles, 19. Niners, 9 and 3. They are number 2 in the NFC. The Eagles dropped at 10 and 2. 10 and 2, still number 1 in the NFC. The Rams beat the Browns 36-19. The Rams are 6 and 6. The Browns dropped to 7 and 5. Matthew Stafford. 22 for 37, 279 yards, three touchdowns. Puka Nakua, four catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Joe Flacco, off the street, 23 for 44, 254 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. The Browns at 7-5 are number six right now in the AFC playoffs. The Rams at 6-6, six six, they're on the outside looking in. And finally, last night, the Dolphins, they got some help from Green Bay as the Packers, a big-time win. 27-19, a game that was marred by terrible officiating. The Packers beat the Chiefs 27-19. Jordan Love, 25 for 36, 267 yards, three touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes was 21 for 33, 210 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Isaiah Pacheco at 18 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown. The Packers are 6-6. Six six. They currently hold the seventh and final playoff spot in the NFC. The Chiefs drop to 8-4. They are number four overall in the AFC playoff picture. And that right there is our Week 13 NFL Rundown. So a, a couple other things to get to as far as not just the game last night, Packers and Chiefs were, I mean, look, Packers and the Dolphins, a huge solid last night beating the Chiefs. But the fallout from the Eagles and 49ers, all right? The Eagles 49ers is now in a situation where Yes, the 49ers, and look, Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings, those come out on Tuesday, all right? After week 13 finishes tonight, Jaguars and Bengals, hopefully the Bengals do the Dolphins a solid tonight and beat the Jaguars, but I can tell you right now, we're probably getting 49ers number one in the Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings, but also the MVP situation, Brock Purdy stock just went up, but also, especially depending on what happens next week, Cowboys-Eagles... Dak Prescott's stock has gone way up. And obviously, massive Cowboy fan, Amber Wilson, Amber and Ian, every night, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. on ESPN Radio. You know she's a cl not even a closet Cowboy fan. She's on the Cowboys tip. You know she's going to be championing for Prescott and that MVP. And look, that's the scenario we got coming up this weekend. But what I want to talk about is Dre Greenlaw... Niners linebacker gets thrown out of the game along with this meatball Dom 
DeSandro, head of security for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, there's Greenlaw. I mean, he, he, he technically, like, he suplexed. I think it was Devontae Smith, right? I didn't even think it was that bad. But all right. They give him a personal foul. And then, the head of security, again, this meatball Dom DeSandro, he gets up in Greenlaw's face as if there's a situation. It's not a situation. It's so not a big deal what just took place. He gets in his face. You see he says to Greenlaw, that's bullshit. Number one, there's no reason for security to be talking to the players in the game. Number two, he then puts his hands on Dre Greenlaw. There is no reason for head of security during the game when just the game is going on to put his hands on the opposing player. And that's key right there because if he's going to put his hands on a player, don't touch the opposing player. Put your hands on your own guy to separate them. Don't put your hands on the opposing player. And then Greenlaw decides to, you know, do the disrespectful move, although I'm totally on Greenlaw's side. But he decides to do the disrespect move where, like, he puts a finger in his face, you know. And some people are calling it a punch. Get the fuck out of here. I thought you guys were tougher than that in Philadelphia. A punch? A punch? And so Greenlaw gets ejected. And I'm sitting there like, hold on. Not only should Greenlaw not be thrown out of the game, but this head of security, Meatball Dom DeSandro, he should be thrown out of the game. So then they throw him out of the game, but it's, okay, this is not a fair trade-off. I mean, matter of fact, you know what should happen? Any, They should have all kinds of security. If that's what we're doing, if we're going to do trade-offs like that, security officials for the team, they should stand right up on the sideline and when, like, a really good player from the other team comes near them, they should just push that player. That player then pushes back it's crazy for someone who's not involved in the game to put hands on a player, and then both of them get thrown out. Why not, right? Why not do that? I mean, the Dolphins-Titans game coming up on Monday night. Actually, let's, let's just use tonight as an example. Jaguars and Bengals. I mean, the Bengals are shorthanded. No Joe Burrow. So you know what? When, when the Jaguars... Uh, if Trevor Lawrence runs the sideline, he runs out of bounds, he gained a few yards, a security official for the Bengals should just shove Trevor Lawrence. And then Trevor Lawrence shoves him back, and they both get thrown out. But that's, that's, a, that's a good move there, then, for the Bengals. That was a ridiculous scenario last night. And not only, not only should this Dom DeSandro obviously have been thrown out of the game, and Greenlaw should not have been thrown out of the game, but this Dom DeSandro... He should probably be fired because he did something in-game that then prevented him from doing his job. His job is security. And now he can't be security anymore because he got involved in the game. So from the Eagles' perspective, they should fire him. Now that's probably not going to happen. And that's where the NFL needs to intervene. The NFL should ban him. He should be banned from the field. If the Eagles want to keep him as their head of security, and I guess he can't police the sidelines to them, that's up to them. But the NFL should ban this meatball from being allowed on the field. The NFL suspended a photographer, a kid, a photographer. They took his credentials away indefinitely for his role in Tyreek Hill's celebration a few weeks ago where he took the kid's camera phone Filmed himself jumping up and down. The kid got super excited. Banned. Credential is taken away indefinitely. All he did was stand there and film Tyreek Hill doing a celebration. This guy got involved in a physical altercation with an opposing player in-game and got thrown out of the game. He should be banned by the NFL for life. I mean, the precedent's been set, right? They set that precedent by taking the credential away from that photog, from that kid. This guy should be banned. I mean, getting involved between the two players after a personal foul. Well, when Jalen Hurts, if Jalen Hurts, if there's a late hit on Jalen Hurts and it's a personal foul on the defense, is Meatball Dom DeSandro supposed to run onto the field and separate the players? Separate the guy? Put his hands on the player who committed a late hit 
on Jalen Hurts. Is he supposed to run on the field and push him? No, of course not. The NFL, the NFL, you got to ban this guy. It's got to be banned. And, and honestly, I don't know how anyone sees it differently. How in the world is it okay for him to put his hands on the player? Especially the opposing team. That was a disgrace last night. If the Eagles don't fire him for not being able to do his job because he decided to get involved in an altercation, which wasn't even an altercation until he got involved, the NFL needs to ban him from the sidelines. He's, he's a danger to the game. I'm being serious. You know what else I'm serious about? Getting a new car. Everybody loves getting a new car. Isn't it fun when you get yourself a brand new ride? Well, it's not fun if you don't know where to go. If you don't know where the good deals are, and you don't know where you're going to wind up getting a new car hassle-free. That's why you're lucky you're listening to your boy right now. Official car dealership of Zaslow Show 2.0, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You get that North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise where you're getting an exceptional experience at a brand new state-of-the-art facility on North Andrews Avenue. If you want to enjoy a relaxed indoor car shopping experience, or you just want to have your current vehicle serviced, you can expect to be treated like royalty at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And you know what? If your current vehicle is not a Subaru, that's okay. They service all makes and models. That's right. And with an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model, you're going to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Plus, all new Subarus and most pre-owned vehicles, they come with a lifetime warranty, so you know that you're covered. And right now, at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can lease the all-new 2024 Subaru Outback Premium for just $321 a month. For 36 months with $59.95 down at signing with approved credit, go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com for full details. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We start out here, so controversy on Sunday Night Football last night. Like we told you, the Packers did the Dolphins a solid. Chiefs get the win. Well, a big missed pass interference call late in the game. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Here's the call from Sunday Night Football. Now for Kansas City. For midfield, first and ten. Mahomes going to take the deep shot. Downfield, and Valdez-Scantling can't bring it in. And there's no slide there. And the Chiefs bench erupts. There are 10 players off the sideline gesturing for a flag, and there's none. Second down. I'm not sure how this isn't a foul, but we'll take a look. That's got to be a foul. That's got to be a foul. Terry, any controversy at all? No, no, uh, this is a foul. He's playing through the yeah. back. Okay. This is defensive passing defense. It's a big deal because there were several really bad calls there. That one probably the worst because the Chiefs probably win the game if they get that call. But it's a big deal because good job out of the rules official, Terry McCauley, who did not hold back on any of these missed calls and straight up told you, yeah, the officials got it wrong. That, that is not the right call. So that's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. How about ESPN College Football and his Booger McFarland? He calls the college football playoff situation a travesty. It's gone with the undefeated Power 5 champion. Well, I'm going to completely disagree with you. To, to, to me, this, this is a travesty to the sport because we go out there on the field and we play the game. And regardless of whether it looks good at the quarterback position, regardless of whether we win with offense, whether we win with defense, the name of the game is to win. And that's a reason never before has this not been done. Winning a Power 5 conference, going undefeated, and not getting into the playoff. So I, I understand we want to look at style points and who are we going to get for the best matchups. But that's not what this is about. This is about understanding to get the four best teams. One team has a loss, and that's Alabama. One team doesn't in Florida State. And the fact that this committee could take a Power 5 conference champion that's undefeated, those kids have went out there and busted their behind and not get into the playoff based on the eye test. Mind you, this is the same Alabama team who needed a prayer in Jordan Hare to beat an Auburn team that lost to New Mexico State. So that's really what has me bothered right now. I'm going big. Well, you know, I'm going not a big deal because it's obviously a fair take. It's a, it, it, the whole situation is a mess. Uh, so I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Miami Hurricanes, they know where they're going. They're going to face Rutgers in the pinstripe bowl that's yankee stadium 
in the Pinstripe Bowl on December 28th. So that'll be a, a very anticlimactic finish to a very disappointing season for your Miami Hurricanes. So we're going to go, not a big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal. Not a big deal. Yes. All right. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, who helped put together a great show today. Mondays are always great. We get to recap all the football. Can't do it without your help and your hard work, all your help and hard work behind the scenes. Appreciate everybody listening, of course. And we'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.